and welcome to Talking Dirty at the Library, where we'll talk about what's growing here in Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Today, we'll hear Chris Becker, Extension Coordinator, and Master Gardener, Janice Dill, discuss how the Extension Office and Master Gardeners of Limestone County are spreading roots throughout the community. This is Janice Dill again. I'm here with Chris, and we're talking about pruning. Why do you think pruning is important? Pruning is important for several reasons. Um, pruning allows us to create form or structure for a, an aesthetic plant, whether it's a shrub or a tree. We create good structures so that it increases that plant's longevity. We prune because it stimulates new growth. And on some of our plants that bloom on new growth, if you don't prune them annually, you don't get as many flowers. We prune for um, disease management. You know, if you drive down 72 and you look at those peach trees by isoms, you know, we don't grow peach trees because they're aesthetically pleasing, other than when they're blooming. You know, there's nothing prettier than a blooming peach tree. But the rest of the year, they look, they look pretty hideous because of the way we prune them. But we grow peaches and we prune peaches to get peaches. So that's for performance. Performance, for disease management, also for size management. It's not fun trying to harvest peaches out of a 15, 20-foot tall peach tree. So we do it for um, disease management. We do it for cultural practices. We do it for rejuvenation. You know, if a, if a plant is struggling um, and it's gotten real thin because of, you know, the way we've pruned it in the past, the, the rejuvenation pruning can help bring it back to life. Um, but if, if we're pruning ornamental shrubs to keep an eight-foot or a nine-foot shrub down to three feet, we're doing it wrong. Wrong plant, wrong place. Exactly. We've picked the wrong plant for the wrong place. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of different shrubs trees that that we can pick so there's there's something for every spot and so if you're butchering something because it's getting too big it just needs to be dug up and either planted somewhere else where it can thrive or tolerated or tolerated that's right when is the best time do you think to prune that depends depends on what we're working with the plant itself the plant itself Um, some plants want to be pruned early early in the spring just before spring growth occurs. Other plants want to be pruned um, after they bloom. So you need to know what you have in your landscape to know when to prune. Because if, if you prune at the wrong time, so for instance, if we prune a crepe myrtle too early in the winter, what happens is you those pruning cuts are going to stimulate new growth. And when that new growth emerges and we get a hard frost or a freeze or a February six-inch snow, um, a lot of that new growth is going to be burned back and damaged, which is going to set the plant back even further from blooming. Um, azaleas, for instance, you know, traditional azaleas, not encores, but if you if you prune those too late after they bloom or before they bloom that next year, you're cutting all the buds off for that that year. Yeah. So it won't damage the plant, but you're not going to get to see the whole reason why you grow azaleas. Right. Um, some hydrangeas are the same way. So you, you've got to be careful. You've got to look at what plants you have um, and determine when is the best time. Now, the other thing we prune for is to remove disease, dead, or, or broken limbs. Mm-hmm. That can be, you can do that year-round. Anytime. Anytime, especially with diseased wood. Get it, get it out of there. Um, broken limbs, you want to get out of there, especially if it's a tree of any size. You know, those, those broken limbs hanging in the canopy, they're called widow makers. You know, you don't, you don't want to leave those around. 
so yeah, dead, disease, broken limbs year round. Well, you know, there's been an old rule of thumb that fall and early winter, okay, are good times to prune. But then on the other hand, there are people who say, no, that's the worst time to prune. You don't want to prune whether the plant needs it or not. You, you never want to prune a plant when it's in a state of stress. Whether, um, you know, if you're, if you're in extreme drought or, um, you know, environmental situations like that that put the, the plant in extreme stress, pruning it does cause damage to the plant. I it mean, you're, you're cutting woody parts off that plant. So it does put the tree or the shrub in stress. You don't want to compound that with doing it at the wrong time. You know, I would never prune a, you know, a hardwood tree, um, you know, a shade tree or anything like that during the middle of the summer if you're removing, you know, anything of size. You know, you want to wait, you know, during the dormant season when you, when you want to remove those. So that would be late fall and, and early winter. Right. But again, on, on your shrubs and things, it, it all depends on the time. the time, knowing what that pruning cut is going to do to that plant in terms of growth or flowering or, or even fruiting. And an, another rule of thumb that I live by is that if the plant blooms before May, okay, you don't prune it until after it has bloomed. That's right. That's the May rule. And if the plant blooms after May, then you prune it in late February or March. Right. And there's, there's even spirea, for instance. There's some spirea, like um, Thunberg spirea, Van Hoot spirea, that you'll prune after flowering. Mm -hmm. And then you have some spirea, like Japanese spirea, that you're going to prune before spring growth. So just because it's a spirea doesn't mean there's a catch-all in terms of time. So you really have to do the research. You really have to do the research. That's right. You know, consult your your master gardener friends, um, you know, look at publications, books, you know, talk to the nurseries that you buy these plants from. Or use the web. Or what, use the World Wide Web. What a resource. That's right. Um, can we talk about renewal pruning? That's sure. Where, that's where we cut something completely back to the ground. Right. So that's done to kind of your last your last ditch effort to try to try to bring a plant back. You're rejuvenating it. You know, if it's heavily diseased or if it's it's insect ridden. And you're just not able to uh, take care of those problems with with chemicals or cultural practices. You know, you may try the renewal pruning, um, and that's that's basically taking it back to you know a very very small size. It's not something that you want to do annually because the plants won't won't respond well or survive that. Um, you know, one of the things we see around town and not just here but everywhere is crepe murder. Oh yes. You know that's that's. A horrible sight. If if you've got to do that to maintain that crepe myrtle size, you pick the wrong crepe myrtle. Or the wrong, the fact that you're planting a crepe myrtle might not be right for your yard. Maybe not. You know? But there, you know, there's crepe myrtles that'll stay 18 inches to two feet tall, all the way to 40 feet. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a crepe myrtle for almost any any application. Well, there are a couple of plants that I can think of that do benefit from basic shearing, and one is liriope monkey grass. Right, right. Liriope, you know, you get leaf spot every year and the, the foliage from the previous year starts to look a little rough and ragged and pruning that back actually does help, you know, make it a healthier, thicker plant. It's not much fun, but it, uh, but it, it does seem to, to benefit from annual pruning. And a good weed eater helps. A weed, I've used a weed eater. I've used a mower with a bag on it and just drove right over it. I mean, there's just however you got to do it, 
get it done. And one other little feature plant that I have in my landscape is called an angel trumpet, and it really benefits from renewal pruning because yep. and it's the type of plant primarily. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that people always ask when they call about um, pruning trees, whether they're small landscape trees or large shade trees, especially after situations like we went through just the other day with the storms that came through. You know, you have damaged trees all over the place and people want to know, well, what can I do to help this tree? Or, you know, how do I, you know, where do I remove this limb? Or, you know, just help me keep my trees healthy. And so, you know, after they make these cuts, people want to know, can I put the pruning seal on on the the cut? Will that help the tree? Will it make it heal? Um, And, you know, years ago, that used to be a recommended practice. But the more and more research that they've conducted, they found out that those pruning seal chemicals don't do anything to help the tree. Um, if anything, they think it may inhibit the tree's own ability from fixing that wound. Uh, and and it's, it's important to understand that, that trees, when we prune a limb or when they're damaged, that tissue doesn't heal. Okay, The tree compartmentalizes that wound, so it seals it off. So trees don't, when, you know, when, when we get cut... Our, our tissue fills in that area. But when a tree is injured like that or we prune off a limb, the tree grows tissue over it to compartmentalize it, to keep it out from the outside environment or to close it off so that insects and fungi and bacteria can't get into that wound to start breaking down the wood. And creating rot. And creating rot. So, you know, if your tree splits during a storm, you know, you do your best to try to prune whatever it was that, that broke back to its point of origination, um, you know, back to a, a, a larger limb or back to a bud or, or whatever you can. But when, it, when a tree splits straight down the middle, there's, there's really nothing you can do to help that. Years and years ago, people used to fill tree cavities with concrete and, you know, put long bolts through them. And, you know, none of that is really going to work. And, and unfortunately, when and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a hundred year old oak tree in your yard, as majestic and aesthetically pleasing and important to the family it is or whatever. It, once it becomes a safety hazard, all of that value goes out the window. And it's just a loss. Yeah, you got to cut your losses, literally cut your losses. Um, but the most, when you're pruning large trees and shrubs, the most important thing you can do to prevent more problems is making the right type of cut, using the right tools using sharp pruners or lopping shears. And cleaning those. Cleaning them. When you're pruning fruit trees and you're pruning on apples, for instance, and they have, um, you know, fire blight, every time you make a cut, you want to disinfect those pruners because if you prune into some diseased wood and then you prune into some other wood that's not, you're spreading that disease. And we use, uh, you know, like a 1% Clorox to water solution to, to dip them in or to wipe them with. And I, for one, love Clorox wipes. I know I'm not supposed to advertise for bleaches, but a wipe with bleach in it is a gardener's friend. Yeah, or even, you know, um, 70% or greater rubbing alcohol works, works great. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much of a pain as that seems to be, Spreading disease to unaffected trees or, or shrubs is, is more of a problem. So And far more expensive. Far more expensive and, and aggravating. You want to make sure that your, your pruning tools are sharp so that they do make a good clean cut. Um, you know, dull pruners or the wrong type of pruners. If you're going to prune stuff, we, we recommend that you have bypass shears. You know, the ones where they have 
almost two blades that bypass each other, like scissors, mm -hmm. instead of an anvil, which is one blade that comes down on a flat surface. Right. And when you use anvil pruners or loppers, what it does is it crushes one side of the stem until the, the sharp blade cuts through it. So it's, it's far better for the plant, causes less damage if you have bypass. And Makes you want to keep those sharp. And normally you try to cut it like a 45 degree angle. Is you wanna, that correct? Yeah, you want to, when you're removing a branch, you want to take it back to what's called the branch collar, mm -hmm. which is a swollen area on the trunk or its point of origin that you can see. And the reason for that is when you cut at the right angle, that branch collar has got all of that nutrient rich tissue that's going to be able to seal that wound off. You know, if you cut six inches in front of that and you leave a stub on that, that branch, it's going to rot, it's going to die, and it's going to take that rot into the, the heart of the tree, um, which, is, which is not good. Now, physiologically, trees can live with large holes in them from, from rot. You know, it doesn't really affect the tree physiologically, but it destroys the tree structurally. And so, you know, you may have a healthy-looking tree that just one day just fell over. And it's because it had no structural integrity anymore because the heartwood or the deadwood has, has been consumed by bacteria and fungi. Right. And so after storms, whether you see damage or not, it's, it's a good idea to go out and, and take a look so that you can try to take care of these problems before they, you know, they end up a, a death sentence for that majestic tree in your yard. Or the landowner. Or the landowner. That's right. That's right. It's also important to, to make the right type of cut. You know, a heading cut versus a thinning cut. Um, you know, a, a heading cut is we're going to remove that tissue to a point to, to stop its growth. A thinning cut is, is going to try to thin some of the tissue out. And it's important, especially on some of your large, you know, your large shrubs that we love to prune into meatballs or, or squares or whatever it is. When we constantly prune those shrubs with shears and, and make all those cuts on the outside, that's where your growth is. And so when you look down into the center of the shrub, it's bare because there's no sunlight, there's nothing stimulating that growth. And so it's, it's important to remember to prune not just for your aesthetic, you know, your aesthetic taste, but prune for what's best for the shrub. Right. And meatball boxwoods are not really doing anything for the boxwood or the yopon holly. You know, they may, they may grow, have that type of growth. And, and structure, but it's it's important to every once in a while go in and thin that out to let some light get down in there so that they're more full. Because otherwise they just die from the inside. That's right. And so what, what I can say, probably the most important thing I can say is, you know, one, find out what you're growing, know what you have, and so that you can research it and find out how you prune it, when to prune it, to effectively make sure your plants are, are thriving and not just surviving using the proper pruners and the proper sanitation. That's right. And there we have pruning. Pruning. Yep. You've been listening to Talking Dirty at the Library, a podcast produced by the Athens-Limestone County Public Library in Athens, Alabama. This podcast is produced in cooperation with the Limestone County Extension Office and Master Gardener Program. Join us next time to see where we're growing. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, please visit the Athens-Limestone County Library website at alcpl.org.